Hi, Paul. Hi, Rich. And welcome all to Lights, Cameras, Distractions, a podcast about unlived dreams, unrealized ambitions, and the not-so-gentle art of procrastination. Over the course of this series, we'll be taking a look at our various unfinished business, which includes films, novels, songs, albums, and indeed entire careers along the road less travelled. Despite that, this podcast is likely to appeal to anyone who has ever dreamed of playing an instrument, attempted to learn another language, or indeed travelled to far-off places. Beautiful. I have to wonder how many listeners we've lost because they've just heard me play a guitar. <laughs> I can imagine it's quite a few. But uh, yeah, if you are still with us, thank you very much for joining us once again. My name's Richard Brind. And my name's Paul Thomas. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you go back and uh, check out any episodes you haven't heard so far. In particular, our pilot episode where we talk a little more about ourselves and our backgrounds, where we've uh, where we've come from. Um, if you're a returning listener, thank you also for uh, for yeah for coming back and uh, yeah we hope to bring you more and more episodes like uh, like this one you're about to hear. So what I'm going to do this week um, is, as you can hear, there's going to be some music. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be talking about um, my past as a as an aspiring musician and all the great songs albums, EPs, music videos that I have never made. Um, these are all ideas that have um, have been um, either been unfinished or discarded. They might exist in embryonic form or they might exist in a complete song form. Um, but my criteria for this is that it does have to be songs that have never been recorded or performed by myself. Back when I was gigging, there's quite a few songs that I, of my own songs that I perform live. Some of these songs I never recorded. Um, and by the same quota, you can go on my um, Spotify now at Big Bad Brind, always be plugging. Uh, and you can even find my own uh, old SoundCloud that I don't currently use, where you can hear songs that I have recorded but never perform live. And so my criteria for this is the songs that have never got to that particular stage. Um, in other words, nobody has ever heard them. Another criteria uh, is that um, there are lots of little um, riffs, lyrics, chord sequences, all these ideas that I might have had over the years that have resurfaced in more recent songs. And so if you do go to my Spotify and listen to some of my more recent tracks, you can actually hear riffs that I have incorporated um, from from work that has existed uh, f for years, ideas that I've had hanging around for, for 10 years. That is a, is a trait that you might come across quite often if you um, look at singer-songwriters and musicians. They often will have some ideas that they have hanging around for 10, 20, 15 years, part of the uh, the process. And there's a similar concept in, in film known as development hell. Yeah, development hell. Of course, that's in any creative work when the people behind the creative process can't really seem to get enough momentum to move the project forward and something can kind of stagnate 
stagnate for for sometimes you know years at a time before it finally kind of takes off again and in some cases it might end up getting shelved which is a bit of a shame just to bring it back to um to my sort of um brief that i gave myself for this episode third and final thing is that between around 2017 and now as we record this is october 2022 um so that's a span of five years um and in that time i have come up with a lot of ideas that have included fragments of music full songs you may know this obviously knowing me personally but some people who followed my work online will uh will know that I've had sort of brief flirtations with ambient music and soundscapes and stuff that I've tried to explore a little bit more. Um, and so for the purposes of this, I've kind of stuck more to uh, rock and pop songs that I've, uh, that I've worked on. But also, as I say, within that five-year period, 2017 till now, I've had lots of ideas that I'm sure will see the light of day at some point. I just couldn't tell you when. Yes, so the rock and pop, very much your your first love, am I right? I'd say so, yeah. Back in our pilot episode, um, we obviously, you know, discussed uh, our respective backgrounds, and um, I uh, I discussed, you know, I talked about how I uh, would stay up till four in the morning, just 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 playing guitar, having dreams of going away to college and and meeting sort of the perfect um, comrades for a for a band and I think that came about because of uh, my sort of burgeoning love of bands like Led Zeppelin where there was a there was a very strong partnership in that band between Robert Plant the singer and Jimmy Page the guitarist and the person in that band who always appealed to me who kind of grabbed my attention was Jimmy Page I just remember sort of watching the the you know the remastered DVDs that came out around this time of uh, of Led Zeppelin concert footage and sort of being being drawn to being that member of the band um, rather than being, as I say, a, an individual um, singer-songwriter or a singer. Um, and that, I think, I think that again kind of comes from, um, yeah, ju- just kind of comes from um, a kind of idea that, that you're, um, you're going you're gonna to travel the world and, and, and meet girls every night. <laughs> never quite works out like that unfortunately yes yes indeed um but it was when i went away to college that i got interested in audio production software and um and something that is known as midi um, now for non-musicians midi stands for musical instrument digital interface and it's basically a bank of sounds and samples built into an audio software and you can access them through a midi controller um, which is usually a piano keyboard, but it doesn't have to be. It's some way that you can press buttons and make noise. This is an interesting way for aspiring music makers when they start out to first partially explore music theory and how a scale works, and it's you know it's why a piano keyboard is usually used. But it's also yeah, it's it's a way of exploring how to understand um, tempo and rhythm and everything. Like you can literally draw the notes on the screen, and you can place them exactly where they need to be. I started getting more interested in the other elements of songwriting, um, such as um, bass lines and, and drum beats. There was a particular bass line that I remember uh, writing. If I can remember how to uh, play that, uh, I, I will. 
Incidentally, yeah, what I will say is a lot of what I am going to do is going to be from memory. So if I remember it, I remember it. If I don't, if I don't, some of the chords will be different. I might very well uh, la 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 and da 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 or the lyrics that I can't remember. But the bass line I wrote, I remember writing at the time was something like... Um, technology you could emulate drums uh bass orchestra instruments and i took my first steps into writing properly at this stage i remember uh, at the time at college we had an assignment which is put together a portfolio of ideas not necessarily songs just sort of ideas things that we'd come up with using the the technology that we'd been given uh, and I remember filling a CD with all these like fragments of ideas, some of them 30 seconds, some of them two minutes. And there was 27 in total. I took the brief of the more you do, the more marks you get, quite literally. I must say, I, I enjoyed that little uh, guitar riff. Thank you. Thank you. There's, there's a program, I don't think there's a problem saying it, it's called Celtex. It allows you to basically make industry standard screenplays um so obviously instead of i mean you could you know open up words and start typing but it formats it all for you and it it gets everything in the right um places on the page and i guess that's what the kind of screenwriting equivalent would be some of these ideas got used but a lot of them did get lost to the mist of time and I mentioned this in particular, and, and I think, you know, it's going to become apparent that this is the um, gist of, of, of wanting to make this episode, is that I think an awful lot of people who write music or maybe even lyrics or poetry, they, they think of so many ideas in these little fragments. Over time, those fragments might build up into a bigger idea, but they might not necessarily. I'm often thinking about uh, ideas that I've got that I can run at the same tempo if I've got two completely different sections that I want to put together in some way or another, make them fit a little bit more coherently. It definitely begins, I think, as quite a fragmentary approach where lots of little ideas rush through your head and, and you start you start getting them down and, and getting them, you know, recorded or written down. And, you know, I was at school in the mid to late 2000s and so I would have got the first, my, my first mobile that i would have got around late 2006 would have had audio and video recording capabilities and so that was kind of um you know that was obviously a great thing for me as someone who wanted to create something um and i i guess there must be some sort of uh some sort of screenwriting equivalent to this right when i was at college i wrote a few screenplays myself um and i drew ideas at different point points and i pulled things in and tweaked things and, you know, cut some things out where necessary. Um, I think I one one thing I did look at for inspiration was I managed to find on online the full screenplay for Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight Rises, which um, is quite long, um, but you can find it, I think, 
you can probably find quite a few of those actually and it's the full kind of as it is you know raw um script with all the obviously the dialogue and the and the different uh stage directions so to speak definitely um you can spot someone's particular traits if the more films you watch of a certain director the more songs you listen to of a certain musician you begin to spot certain traits and you begin to recognize um particular um sounds or images that they might have used in previous works that is quite right and um that reminds me of another thing we studied as well we we looked at something called auteur theory which for anyone who's not familiar with that it's the idea that certain artists in in this case we were looking at film directors but i suppose it can extend to um various um media um the idea that various artists will have certain traits of um their style of writing um everything down to the even the people with whom they collaborate such as composers and actors and that certainly follows with uh, Christopher Nolan one one day i am very tempted to release an album of all these little fragments of music um you know whether they're ones i might have saved on my phone at a particular time or whether they're just loads of ideas that i might uh, find um, you know like li- lying around that I might have forgotten about because there, there are definitely precedents to this there's a guitarist called Anthony Phillips who was in the he was in an early lineup of Genesis and he released a series of albums between the 70s and the 90s called Private Parts and Pieces um, which um, basically were all these little ideas that he'd um come up with mostly on guitar that lasted around you know 30 40 seconds there's a hip-hop producer called jay diller he released an album called donuts which is a whole album of of sort of samples little bits of audio um there's even some of paul mccartney's work that follows this unfinished music concept there's the saying isn't there that that great art is never finished and um I suppose you could, um, you know, if you wanted to, as a creator, take that absolutely literally and uh, allow people to um, look um, a little peek through the curtain into um, what you're up to and what you're doing as a creator. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 quite true, isn't it? Great art is never finished. And sometimes it uh, it takes a lot to to kind of recognize when it's time to leave something alone and move on, even though you know it isn't going to be perfect, but it's time to kind of walk away and move on to something else. You know, the the thing that I've come across quite often from uh, creative people, uh, um, something I've heard quite a few of them say is that, um, you know, that, that they will work on a separate project if they're struggling with the particular one that they're working on at the moment. You know, if you've been working on an idea for like five or six days or whatever, and it doesn't seem to be developing beyond um, the original state, um, if you go and work on something else, that's obviously very refreshing. It's true, yeah. That that can that can definitely help. Um, yeah, it's that whole thing of uh, writer's block, really, isn't it? I started to, you know, wonder to myself, you know, who who would who would be my songwriting partner? Who would write lyrics to my music? Because I hadn't really developed a full interest in writing my own lyrics yet. 
And I, I worked at college with a good singer. Um, if he's listening, he'll know who he is. Um, but his heart wasn't quite in it, I don't think. And uh, unfortunate that it would become a common theme for me with other musicians. I was destined to be forever um, without a band. And uh, I think that's because a lot of things would inevitably come up with um, other people's work commitments, with um, just with creative differences. Um, I mean, you know, creative differences, it, it's that very, very classic saying isn't it that uh sort of um that uh you know makes or breaks any kind of uh project yeah absolutely it's it's a wonder that bands can even uh get anything done sometimes when you've got so many different eyes and ears and everyone's got a slightly different opinion so as i mentioned i would sit at home and scribble away lots of different ideas and and sometimes these would take the form of hypothetical track listings and album titles so i kind of had this sort of ethos when i was when i was in my teenage years of that i would come up with a song title and then that would give me an idea for the sort of mood i wanted to create and then i would write music and then i would write lyrics from there yeah it, it's not a, it's not a foolproof way of working but it is a way of working um, but I'd come up with these hypothetical track listings and album titles, um, a good deal of which I can't recall because, as I say, they were scribbled down and I don't have the piece of paper physically in front of me. But I can remember coming up with one uh, that I called Nonstop, uh, which I'd, in, I'd envisioned as kind of a funk-style album. And I did start putting a song together for it. Uh, it's called Getting Away From You, which... Um, let me see if I can remember that now. Get away from you Get away from you Get away from you Oh, you don't think that I'll be quitting Get away from you Oh, you don't think that I'm still smitten Get away from you I won't come back now I've only been bitten by you I like that. That obviously that's that's the first time Mal have heard that as well, and um, yeah, lyrically as well. That's that's well, must have taken you a while to come up with that. It's uh, it's a shame that one didn't actually get uh, any further down the line. I mean, how long it took me to come up with it or anything, I I, I really you know couldn't I couldn't rem- I couldn't tell you. Um, it was as I say around. 2008 that I came up with it and it was um yeah it was very much you know it's very much based around those uh, simplistic sort of rhymes of uh, of quitting um smitten bitten which I know um you know quitting and smitten is not technically a rhyme it's a, it's a slant rhyme but this is you know this is something you see an awful lot of in music of um of words that sound similar being sort of made to made to rhyme and um as long as they scan rhythmically um most people who listen will will forgive you for that i was gonna say i've i've certainly heard more tenuous rhymes than that yeah yeah uh would you would you name them oh no, you put me on the spot there i don't want to call anyone out so i'll i'll refrain that's 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 fair that's that's uh smart I remember coming up with um, a hypothetical, an, an idea for what I would hypothetically call a compilation album. 
Um, my idea was that I would call it the uh, the very breast of Richard Brind, and there would be various artwork of of, of titties on the front cover, um, <laughs> which um, which is an idea that I definitely came up with when I was seventeen. I I, I couldn't have been any other age to have come up with an idea like that. Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, uh, very, very sort of uh, very juvenile uh, pop rock um, ideals. Yeah, so going back to the music fragments that I wrote in college, a lot of um, them were very um, were very much based around sort of my growing appreciation for other genres, um, particularly sort of soul and funk, um, and um, my interest in kind of how bass lines are constructed and how they can be built around the chords of the song. I can take the individual notes of a chord and, and build a bass line out of them. Um, this, this bass line I came up with in college... Um, that's the 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 memorable bit isn't it i I think that's um that's another interesting approach that you might find um some uh songwriters and musicians do have is that they uh they can work on the premise of um if an idea is good it'll stay with you and you don't you know you don't necessarily need to record it or write it down because if if the if the riff is catchy enough if the lyrics are catchy enough and the melody they'll remain with you um but i've always i've always been nervous of forgetting ideas that i've come up with i don't know um if you've experienced the same kind of thing yeah that's interesting actually yeah because when i used to I used to think of um, names for characters and I used to have a kind of image of what they look like in my mind and I'd create their backstory. And if they were really, really good, I'd, I'd write them down and um, I'd kind of use them in different little projects um, when I was at college and uni. But um, yeah, I think I think there is some truth in, in the idea that the more the more you like something, the more you're likely to remember it and the need to the need to write it down or make a recording or make other another kind of note is is less um the need is less uh urgent shall we say but but still i it's better to be safe isn't it so fast forward to the next year i was now 18 uh i started experiencing a lot more insecurity i went through my first breakup and that definitely made me more inward-looking and motivated me to to write more and and tell tell things from sort of my perspective. There's always a balance, isn't there, between expressing yourself as a uh, as a performer uh, and expressing yourself as a, as a writer. But it was um, it was around uh, this time, which would have been 2009, that um, these uh, these these sort of more fully formed ideas that I can remember came about. Um, so I had this song called uh, Happy Lonely, which, um, as I say, uh, I'll play what I can remember of it. You leave me, I leave you, thanks a lot, now I'm screwed, never mind, never fear, I'll survive another year. Never thought that I'd be happy 
Never thought that I could smile Thought that I'd be far too lonely Do anything but cry That's a good one as well. I like that. Yeah, listeners, excuse my my voice, by the way. If if I sound a bit throaty and nasally, uh, it's just uh, English weather, I'm afraid. This next one is a song called uh, All I Want. Climbing, sort of climbing back across the chord, I suppose, in a way that is very natural to do on guitar. Um, you know, it, if you think about um, the two most common instruments used in songwriting, piano and guitar, if you look at piano, it's very much on a, a horizontal axis. You know, you're going from your left hand to your right hand across, uh, and on guitar, you're going uh, effectively down. Uh, you're going in a vertical axis. And so the way that the chords are stacked are different. Oh, that's interesting. I guess I never thought of it like that, the way you said it. You know, you've got the piano on the horizontal and the guitar on the vertical. Yeah, that really helps helps you understand it a lot. For most, for quite a few guitarists, myself included, you're sort of, you're trying a bit more when you're playing piano. Uh, I, I find I'm sort of trying a little bit more um, to form the, the chords that um, I want to use. Whereas on a guitar, you, you can sometimes sleepwalk through it a little bit until you find a, a riff or a chord that you might like. But another notable thing around this time in my life is that I got a, um, I got a Boss CDR900 digital recorder for Christmas. You find them a lot, at least I found them quite a lot when I was at college and university myself um, because they're quite um, they're quite easy to use uh, you, you know you don't need to hook them up to a computer or anything um, you can just yeah plug your microphones and your instruments into the back and uh, sort of away you go and sort of unlike the the tape recorders that I had that I always used to 
fiddle around with as a, as a kid. Um, these allow me to overdub and layer other instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could make a guitar sound like a bass. I could put distortion on the vocals. In fact, the, f- the first couple of things I did were, were little doodles. They were very jokey little ideas. I remember putting a load of distortion on my voice and um, doing a sort of faux um, rap type of thing. Um, it was like something along the lines of, Okay, now listen up all you motherfuckers in motherfucker land. I want to see you with your hands in the air. And it was like lots of, it was kind of like me doing faux beatboxing. We've just been demonetized right there. <laughs> yeah, you should hear the next one. No, it's um, it's kind of at this point where uh, I do have to admit having um, slight flirtations with uh, rapping. Again, another one of the ideas that I recorded to test out the machinery was um, like a, a riff that I sort of tried to put a rap over the top of. It was, um, I remember how it goes. And, um, I think uh, I wrote something that I called Who's Strutting, which was a very typical, like, um, a very typical braggadocious um, rap song about, you know, m- me being better than everyone else and everything like that. And um, I-, I can't remember much about it except for a lyric um, where I go, um, I'm at the top and you still sleep on the sofa. Um, now look who's strutting while you're trying to stride. Now look who's strutting while you're trying to stride. Um, yeah, that that was kind of my um, yeah, kind of my uh, early attempt at uh, doing something a little bit, a uh, little bit different. Yeah, you know, I like that kind of thing, and um, it's just reminded me. I have to say, one one of my favourite, or, or p- perhaps my all time favourite line um, in a rap uh, is, uh, and if you'll excuse my very terrible uh, tiny temper, where he goes. And now I drive past the bus I used to run for. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love that. Yeah, there's lots of yeah, there's lots of great lyrics in general in um, Pass Out and other Tiny Temper songs. It's a shame we don't hear as much from him anymore. Um, but that that is kind of um, it, it's kind of where I sort of uh, where my head kind of um, goes next because. Uh, around 2010 when people like Tiny Temper started to break through and everything you start to have lots of other British rappers and everything I started to to, you know I started to listen to those guys and enjoy what they were doing and started to you know have vague notions of imagining myself in that uh, in that sort of uh, in that kind of context you know doing that very braggadocious kind of rap and everything and I mean I remember one particular idea I came up with was um and it would have been something that would have been me and um you know any any female singer who would have done it not that anyone would have stooped so low but um i came up with this this idea um this song idea that i called want a lot of cash uh and it was it was it was going to be about this um it was going to be me rapping as this very sort of sleazy kind of character who was um who who was uh, trying to sleep with a girl to kind of um so that she might further her modeling career or whatever it was um or, or indeed just any sort of social media career or whatever and and sort of 
Um, it's one of those ideas that I'm glad that sort of never came off because of um, you know social contexts around uh, around things like um, Harvey Weinstein and and people in you know in in Hollywood who've been known to take advantage of of people's lust for fame. I'm just picturing when you say that I'm picturing Dappy from N Dubs meets Lily Allen. <laughs> that. That's not that 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 doesn't sound like such a bad thing actually. It sounds like the kind of thing that the the music press circa 2010 would have gone nuts for. But yeah, I I would have never put out any sort of recording of me like rapping or anything. That there's um, you know that there is a, there is a song of mine on Spotify uh called Dirty Looks where I am uh rapping. It was something, you know, it was something a bit different for myself. And I think, you know, looking back, it's something that I've always been itching to do in one way or another. But there was, a, yeah, th- there was a lyric that I came up with around um, 2009, 2010. Uh, one more second on the microphone. I like the rhythm of it, first of all. That's sort of uh, one more second on the microphone. That kind of um, kind of constant rhythm. But um, the lyric obviously stayed in my brain for several years because I resurrected it for this song, Dirty Looks, the track I released uh, this year, 2022, um, called Lifeless. I do like a little spoken word kind of thing in it, but that's uh, that's about as close as I have got since. It's definitely it's definitely good to do something a little bit different with your with your voice, and uh, you know, because your voice as a musician, your voice is one of your instruments. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking spoken word, eh? I don't remember my agent getting a call earlier this year. <laughs> I say spoken word. It was kind of the main inspiration I took was from Insomnia by Faithless. So that song, you'll know, doesn't have any singing as such. You know, it's I can't get no sleep. Um, um, and he's, you know, uh, I sit and write by candlelight. With my, um, I'm with my girl on the heath, taking off tights with my teeth. Uh, I can't remember all the words, but <laughs> it's you know it's not rapping, it's not singing. And spoken word is the closest relative of it. I see. That's a hell of a tune, by the way. That um, that actually got me into trance music as well. That. Oh yeah, definitely. That's that's a that's an amazing tune. Yeah. If I skip forward a, a, a couple of years, because like when I was um, in my last year at college, um, I'd have been playing a lot of uh, a lot of covers. Eventually, I'd sort of stepped out of my own shell around 2011 and started um, performing solo gigs and doing my own original songs. And that was, as I say, during that period in my life, if I wrote something, the chances are I would go and perform it on stage. I would I would get it out there as 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 soon as I could because I was. I was gigging relatively regularly and, um, you know, because I don't anymore, you know, I'll, I'll record it, you know, I, I'll share my music and my ideas in that way rather than before, which is, yeah, usually just getting up and playing something on acoustic. And so there's lots of stuff from this period that, as I said, do- doesn't meet my criteria of never um, being performed um, or recorded. Like, the th- all these ideas from that period saw the light of day at some point. Um, I can't quite remember all of them, and maybe again that would be for another episode, but I want to touch on one particular song that I wrote um, around around sort of late 2012, uh, and I, I mentioned that date specifically because of the name of the track. Um, the track is called uh, Love is an Open Door, 
Um, and so I obviously mentioned the date as late 2012 because that was before um, Frozen was a, was a thing. And um, what I always found with this song was that I was never able to perform it. Um, for some reason, my brain would just collapse uh, under the weight of the song. And so I'd get the chords wrong. Uh, I'd forget lyrics. So I'm going to attempt some of it now and we'll... Um, We'll see whether uh, whether those old old habits have died. I can make you a star, there'll be no doubt of that. Ten more minutes with me and you'll be coming back. Cause I've been thinking it through, I've been working it out. We can go down in history, there is no doubt. Let me tell you something that's important to me. I love rock and roll, love to sing, I'm glad you agree. Oh, nothing else couldn't ask for more. And I won't turn back now, cause there's an open door. ironically probably the best i've ever performed it <laughs> impressive thank you i i i don't know i don't know why i used to struggle with it i can't i can't quite explain it I, i'm i'm sure again that there's um there's actors who have scenes that, that they can't quite that they can't quite get for for whatever reason they can't quite get into the right mindset uh, or they can't quite deliver the the character or the emotion they want to Yes, I I imagine so. I mean, I I guess the closest thing for me would be um, accents, which we'll definitely explore in episodes to come. But sometimes I can do certain accents, sometimes I can't do those same accents, and there are lots of accents that I always that I can always do, and then there are some that I just can never do. Yeah, well, I'm sure we're definitely gonna gonna touch on that uh, that soon enough. I think. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna round off on uh, a song from 2016. This next song kind of came about when um, I was watching a documentary about uh, Blondie, and then we're talking about their album Parallel Lines. And there's a song on that album called Sunday Girl, and um, Chris Stein and um, who is the guitarist for for Blondie and obviously Debbie Harry's lead singer, they were in a relationship for a, a good portion of Blondie's history. They were saying of how um, Chris has always insisted that the song Sunday Girl is about uh, their cat. Other members of the band have always said that the song is, is about Debbie Harry and it's, it's obviously not about a cat. And I guess if you, look at, if you look at the lyrics, I know a girl from a lonely street, cool as ice cream but still as sweet. Yeah, there's, there's sort of a lot there that sort of points to it being about, uh, about a, a partner but i suppose equally you know we all sort of uh you know humanize pets you know dogs and cats uh, and they become you know they become family brian may and freddie mercury wrote queen songs about cats so it's not uncommon so i sort of um i took my sort of uh stab at it i called it she smells like the rain and yeah the the idea is that um pets i'm sure you know have a particular smell when they've been out in the rain 
that uh, as what this song was, which is. Um a good one i like that as well and you just made me think that it's true that sometimes there's a certain amount of lyrical ambiguity in music and that would be a really great example of that yeah the the line from that that always obviously struck me as kind of um standing on that sort of um that line of ambiguity was um if i you know if i call a um I'd be lucky if she comes in, which is sort of um you could equate that as opposed to a to a partner disappearing for a length of time um or just or even just um you know attempting to to contact a partner on the phone and, and not quite getting through yeah yeah for sure could be a woman could be a cat yeah yeah it's um yeah that's the that that's gonna be the uh, the tagline for this episode. Um, could be a woman, could be a cat. Uh, I like that. But um, yeah, as I say, this is not um, an exhaustive list. It it might for our listeners be an exhausting list, but it's not an exhaustive list. It's it's not sort of every single idea that has ever sort of ended up by the uh, by the wayside. You know, there's a lot of um, written ideas, as I mentioned, that are on. Um, random sheets of paper and in notepads that when I'm able to get access to them um, might be a good opportunity to to revisit this in a in a future episode but I think to circle around what I my main sort of motivation for wanting to share this episode with yourself Bob, and with our listeners is that you know when you're creating something when you're coming up with ideas it will take time there's th- there's the old adage that um Fifty percent of writing is rewriting, and so there's ideas that you'll uh, you'll discard. There's ideas that you might not quite find a home for until perhaps even years down the line, uh, and there's ideas that you just may never finish. But the fact that you've even started them is um, it's a creative exercise that's got you at least half a step closer to where you want to be, even if you don't realize it at the time. That's very well said. You could talk to any number of creators. You know, the songs they haven't written, the films they haven't made, vastly outnumbers the work they actually have done. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's it's a process. 
it's fluid and ever-changing. Well, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Thank you for joining me. Um, thank you, listeners, for, um, for uh, being with us for another exciting episode. Some information on where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Lights, Cameras, Distractions. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Lights, Cameras, Distractions, Pod. Uh, you can find us on uh, your favourite or even your second favourite streaming platforms. You know, please do uh, come and support us. Uh, you can leave a review on our Facebook page and uh, say that um, say that we're a great podcast. Yeah, all, all that good stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we shall be back hopefully very, very soon. But until then, uh, I'm Richard Brind. And I'm Paul Thomas. You've been listening to Lights, Cameras, Distractions.